Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Richard Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with us today, we have some special guests. We have Dan Theron and Chris Hopper of the Fear Football, I'm sorry, Fear Fuel Fantasy Football Podcast. Too many F's, guys. They're on with us today. Welcome back to the show, guys. It's great to have you back. Thanks for having us back. It's always, always fun to be one day we'll get her name right, but we absolutely appreciate it. <laughs> you it you definitely touched my head on the head. We're a special time. <laughs> well, it's been a while for both of you guys. I think the last time we both had we had you on separately last time, I think back in February. It's like right after the fantasy football season had ended. So it's been a long time, way, way, way overdue. And we're way past wow. the halfway point. Hey, guys, i got to ask you this, totally unrelated to football. Are you guys jazzed at all about Disney Plus? Yes. So much so. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. I literally, the first thing today was watch The Mandalorian. That was the first thing I did today. Um, and uh, I was not disappointed. I, I, don't, I won't spoil it for anybody. And I, I know I sound like an ESPN uh, employee right now by saying this, but it was pretty awesome. That's all I got to say. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, so what, are you, what are you guys excited about on, this, on, this, on, the, uh, on the streaming service? I just want to be able to watch all the MCU stuff all over again. I think that's pretty much it. So when I watched a bunch of them for the first time, it was I watched them in order. And I've yeah. been wanting to do that again without having to pay a bunch of money. So right. that's right. that and just to have all the old school like Disney movies. Just to like, all right, cool. I'm, gonna, I, I'm just going to geek out for a while because it's what I do. A pretty quick answer for me. The Mighty Duck. Yes, the Mighty Ducks. And I saw a rumor that they might be doing a series there, too. So oh, that, wow. That's going make me happy. What a treat. This is going to be something to look forward to for sure. Hey, let me tell you this. I am also a big MCU guy, and I can tell you, if you can set aside 46 hours, you will not have a better time, I guess. But it's going to take you a long time to get through the entire freaking series. All right, guys. Hey, it's awesome having you on. We got, and this is going to be our special fantasy football uh, episode because of the fact that you guys are the fantasy football gurus and the beer gurus, of course. If everybody should go check out the uh, Beer Fuel Fantasy Football podcast, it's amazing. But we got them here right now, so it's going to be amazing as for us as well. Plenty to cover today. We have a. Uh, we have our special episode where we're going to discuss bus breakouts so far this year, as well as sleepers for the rest of the season. So let's get this rolling. So I know you guys have been discussing it on your own podcast, but I'm going to be hitting these things again right here. Uh, so feel free to you reuse material. That's awesome. We all about that. Twofers are great. Let me just say that, ask you this question up front, though, because uh, you guys are both taking part in our fantasy football league this year. So let me ask you just generally, how do you feel about your teams? And I'll start with you, Chris. Uh, you are in eighth place, and I can't even make fun of you because I'm in ninth place. So there's yeah. that. But uh, how do you, how are yeah. you feeling about your team right now? Well, I also auto-drafted because of that little communication yes. snafu. Yeah, so, in all honesty, on, so. I told Chris he was out of the league, even though I meant to send it to Chris with a C, not Chris with a K. My bad, my bad. Or, or yeah. was it my bad? Or was I just trying to kibosh your team, Chris? I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm just I don't know. I mean, I didn't win the thing last year, so there may be a little uh, collusion. <laughs> we couldn't have there. it again. 
We just couldn't have it. Couldn't yeah, have but it happen so, again. <laughs> so, so how did you feel about yeah, that? Overall, when that, when that happened, I felt pretty good about it. Uh, a couple tight ends. That, yeah, I ended up with Kittle and Kelsey, which I mean, those are that's like having two wide receiver ones basically, in addition to wide receiver ones. And Devonta Freeman was one of my favorite sleepers. David Johnson. Um, was it supposed to have a bounce back big year? And then like yep. none of those things panned out. Right. Kelsey, right. Kelsey is looking at down year. Kittle's dealing with injuries. Freeman's hurt and hasn't returned back to his pre-injury form. And uh, David oh, and Johnson looks like a turtle out there. So. Yeah, absolutely brutal. But you did get somebody, uh, some of the folks like Cort- Cortland Sutton, I guess you must've drafted him. Uh, I don't, yep. and I think you must've picked up DJ shark at some point. Oh no, you actually picked up both of them. Yep, I picked both of them up trying to work through waivers to to get some of my people in there. Carlos Hyde's another guy that I think I snapped up, and those yep. guys are yep. having uh, Hyde's having kind of a bounce back year thanks to the injury to Lamar Miller and uh, DJ Chark, Cortland Sutton, both having breakout seasons. Yeah, that's great. So we're going to talk more about that in a minute. That's pretty. Uh, that's that's a nice lead in here. But Dan, let me get your thoughts on your team. You are actually in third place right now. You did not auto draft, so uh, <laughs> kudos to you. Um, yeah, you're surviving off of Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, and Carson Wentz. Interesting. And then you've done a couple pickups here. You got Alabisi Johnson, I guess, uh, because of the Adam Thielen injury and so on. And Christian Kirk is having a breakout. So how do you feel about your team? It, it like so. I'm going to just go out and say this right now. I, I, I'm in 19 leagues, which is way too much. <laughs> and um, I apologize it, if I haven't 20, been man. the most. Like, I apologize that, you know, I haven't been the most active owner, like at least up to my standards. Right. Um, you're not making us feel better because you're in third place. You know that, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm in ninth. Oh, so I don't feel a whole lot better about this. myself right now. <laughs> yes. But I do remember the draft. I, you know, like I didn't realize how shallow the you know the the benches were, but I mm-hmm. still went with four quarterbacks in the draft because you know you have to play two. This isn't a yeah you know it's not a super flex league. It's two quarterbacks, so you have to play two every week. Right. It just shows the importance of it. I stuck to my guns in drafting. I hit on a couple players that I liked. Um, it hasn't been smooth sailing every week. There's been some rough weeks, and then I think I've had to survive. T. Y. Hilton getting hurt and. I think I had Antonio Brown in this league. I'm, I'm not. I don't remember if I did or not. And I fell on mm-hmm. the AJ Green probably for too much, for too long. We'll say that. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I saw you took Boyd in the fifth and then Green in the tenth. I assumed that was on purpose, uh, thinking yes. that Boyd would be your W your WR one for those weeks that he was out. Yeah, it's been. Uh, I went, you know, outside of Hilton, I went running back and quarterback heavy. I I generally always stream tight ends. I don't like to reach for them. I'm well, pretty sure out. I forgot to draft the tight end. I think that happened. <laughs> I've done that in multiple leagues where I, like in the league we're with the guys from fantasy analysis, I forgot to draft a quarterback. Like, wow. So I got Sam Darnold in like the, like the 14th round, which was brutal in yeah, that, like, you know, rough. in that league. So I'm, I'm kind of glad I'm doing well. I'm trying to show up and, <laughs> you know, in these other leagues that we're doing with other, you know, podcasts and writers. Cause I want to, you know, have, bragging rights over them but right right Here well we are. very modest of you uh dan but again like i said you're not making us feel any better <laughs> about the fact that we can't keep up um and it looks like you managed to pick up gerald everett uh in late october and that turned out to really pay off at the tight end position uh yeah. and you have darren fells on your bench uh two guys that obviously were widely available not drafted and all just waiver wire stuff so 
even though you're not the most active, quote unquote, you're still doing it better than we are. So, you know, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> We're not right. saying, but so, I'm saying. Well, Humble brag. Humble brag by Dan Theory there. <laughs> He's, uh, Darren Fells is actually outscoring Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz over the last five weeks. So. Oh, brutal. That's brutal. And the tight end is just so unpredictable, and it's really, really shallow, so it's bizarre this year. But, hey, listen, let's go ahead and get to the real stuff. I'm going to go ahead and uh, ring the bell on this portion of it and so we can move on and talk about our bus for the year. So we already started talking a little bit about that, but let's start with you, Chris. Why don't you give us your bus for the season so far? All right, so uh, the first I want to give is a little bit of a victory lap because this is something we were beating the drum on, but uh, it's Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield is being mm-hmm. taken in the, the fifth round. Some places as the quarterback one ahead of guys like Lamar Jackson, well ahead of Wilson, ahead of where even Aaron Rodgers in his best years and Tom Brady and Drew Brees in their years were being drafted. And it never was sustainable. And we mm-hmm. did regret. He's regressed even harder than even we thought. He's a quarterback 23 currently. Touchdown rate's fallen from above five, which is really good, to below three, which is really bad. Interception mm-hmm. rate's up a full percentage of point. Completion percentage is down almost a percent. Um, the offense, I think play calling has something to do with it, but it's just not been the same Baker Mayfield. And anybody that was drafting him there, we kind of tried to caution them, hey, probably going to get more of a streamer and he hasn't even been that. Mhm. Mhm. Yep, he's been pretty terrible all the way around. And inex- inexplicably so. Do you think what do you blame Freddie Kitchens or do you think there's been something else that's going on here? Um league adjusting for stuff is always a concern in the in the second season for any player as they see more of any player. But yeah, uh I I do blame Freddie Kitchens. I don't know that I think getting Freddie Kitchens that head coaching gig was a little quick. I think I don't know that Freddie Kitchens is the offensive mind you need to involve all the pieces that they have. And mm-hmm. I think that that's led to that offense underperforming. Uh, also, for what I have seen of the Browns, he's not using his legs as much. He's not creating as much. Um, holding on to the ball for a, a long time, yep. not really utilizing playmakers. I just think that Kitchens is a bad fit for all the playmakers they have. Okay, so you're not blaming the fact that Baker Mayfield is like on every other commercial on TV right now? Uh, that he's just not, he's just not focused on football. I mean, I have never seen somebody pick up so many uh, TV spots in so little time as Baker Mayfield uh, coming into the season. Um, and I thought it was awesome until he sucked on the field. Then that kind of sucked. Yeah. Not saying that it couldn't be a contributing factor, but I'm not in the guy's head. He lives in the spotlight in Oklahoma, and right. when I, you know when I watch it on when I from what I've seen. It, it does look like the offensive play calling is just unimaginative, and it, it's not well-designed. So, I right. mean, yeah, the spot would be eating at him a little bit, but, you know, that's that's one of those intangible things that, you know, we'll never really know for sure. Yep, yep, I uh, totally agree. Let me just swap it over here to, to Dan for a second and ask you for your bus. You got, you got a bus for us for this season? I got someone that I've, like, he's, like, near and dear to my heart. Like, okay. he's kind of a POS person. I mean, I'm sure he's fixed his issues since college but we're talking about joe mixon here he's already 30 uh, on the yeah. season right now outside of last week when he got 30 carries and two catches which uh came out of nowhere and shocked everybody he yep. has been uh he's been a massive disappointment he's scored three touchdowns on the season no rushing touchdowns um 
His most receptions in the game is only four, which is, you know, good. But, you know, on an offense that they can't get him going, the offensive line has been has been worse than what we even thought it could be as opposed to what we saw from last year. And, like, he just hasn't been able to pay off on the ADP that he was drafted at. You know, he was a late first, early second for most people. And granted, towards the end of August, when a heart of draft season came around, people were starting to come off of him a little bit just mm-hmm. with, the, you know, the concerns people had. But no one thought it'd be to this level. And then no one thought it could get as bad as week six against Baltimore. At Baltimore, we had eight carries, and the offense just seemed to go away from him. I mean, we've right. seen what his ceiling can be as a you know, from what we saw last year. And now we saw him lean onto him last week. So there are potentially uh, uh, better days ahead for him. But as of, you know, from what we've seen so far through 10 weeks, it, it, it's been a massive disappointment. And he's been very, very difficult to move because no one wants to buy a Cincinnati Bengals player at all. No, no doubt. And I and I have to say that I was one of those guys who freaked out when Patrick Mahomes got injured, and I traded Patrick Mahomes away um, for um, Austin Eckler. I, I traded away Patrick Mahomes and Joe Mixon away for Philip Rivers and Austin Eckler, and I feel really terrible about that now because Patrick Mahomes' <laughs> back is worth more than all three of those guys combined. So, um, boy, you know, curses. I can't believe he got back from that knee injury so quickly. Chris, any other busts you want to highlight for us? So Joe Mixon was going to be my other one. So I'll just come to you okay. guys that by no fault of their own kind of extenuated circumstances. David Johnson was expected to rebound to be a top five running back if that happened. He's dealt with back and ankle injuries all season. It's not so much been him for the offense, uh, but he looks slow plotting. Just that hand out. And then Juju Smith-Schuster was another guy who was supposed to absolutely yeah. take off his wide receiver 33 right now. Um, you can blame the injuries to Ben Roethlisberger, uh, yep. you know, other guys not developing around him. Uh, so I think those guys definitely qualify as, as potential bust given the draft capital you had to invest in them, but their situations are more uh, extenuating and it's easier to find excuse for that. It is mixed in Mayfield. Right. Right. Most definitely. Uh, and Dan, any other busts you want to highlight for us? We'll go to the other Cleveland Brown player that people just have been. Oh, yeah. It's been yeah. a it's been a massive headache, and that's you know, Hodel Beckham, and mm-hmm. then it goes in line with with Baker, but it also goes to a deeper thing of just like those two just probably aren't on the same page. He had four yeah. games this season of over ten targets. He had twelve yep. last week, but he's had no games with more than seven catches, and that was back in week one. He scored one touchdown this season. And he's finding that Jarvis Landry has been kind of the quote-unquote, you know, number one guy there. He gets Mm -hmm. all the Mayfield kind of love as Mayfield has to work now through the issues that he's has garnered because of poor pass protection, because of poor play calling, and because of the spotlight put on him, he's kind of reverted back to, you know, the one read guy and go, and that happens to be your underneath receiver in Jarvis Landry. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You can blame the fact that Odell doesn't trust or, or that uh, Baker doesn't trust Odell, but you know it also comes in line with Odell doing enough to get himself you know involved in that offense. Um, and then of course the play calling has been is you know has been horseshit. But mm-hmm. like just like with Mixon and um, he just hasn't paid off on his ADP, and 
you can blame a lot of things around that, but now we've seen it through a few years where maybe Odell isn't just, you know, who we thought he was through the first four years, you know, in the league. Maybe injuries have caught up to him. Maybe, you know, teams have caught up to him and how to actually defend him. And, you know, we'll see see what happens after this year. What's that? Or maybe the offense is just bad. That I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with that more so. But I think you can play devil's advocate and point some I mean, you, you can. You produce with free Eli Manning and nothing else around him, so it's a little hard to. You get. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird but that he could be uh, better. I never thought I could say that someone would be better with Eli Manning in his late years than, uh, than I mean, than he would be with Baker yeah. Mayfield. You know, it doesn't make any whole lot of sense. All right. Well, lots of lots of uh, lots of Cleveland Browns love there or hate, however you want to think about it. Um, let's go ahead and ring the bell on that and move on to the next one. We're talking about our breakouts for the season. So, Chris, why don't you give us our two breakouts for the season so far? All right. I'm going to steal Dan Thunder with the first one. Uh, Dalvin Cook. <laughs> so, <laughs> he trails just Christian McCaffrey in points per game at 22. I think McCaffrey's at 27. Uh, but mm-hmm. Cook's on pace for 50. 1,500-plus rushing yards, 650-plus receiving yards, 16 total touchdowns. The underlying numbers look great when you look at his peripherals. He's been able to stay healthy. Minnesota's running the ball. Um, and everything you thought Dalvin Cook could be or that he flashed in the first two seasons, he's finally put it all together with health and been able to be exactly that. He looks explosive. Mm-hmm. He can chunk away breakaway runs. He's shown the getaway from the defense speed. Uh, he looks shifty, showing off the vision. Uh, and he's been able to stay healthy as they pepper in Alexander Madison to where they don't have to run him completely into the ground. So he's doing it efficiently, and everybody that paid up for Dalvin Cook is reaping the benefits of that. Most definitely. And who's who's the second breakout you got for us today? Uh, Austin Hooper is the other one. Uh, He's been forced to break out the last several years. I'm real disappointed that he's going to miss some time with the MC, uh, which I believe was an MCL. He'd been kind of poised the last couple of years, looked good, put together a a solid kind of tight end six, seven season last year, and now he's currently the tight end one. Uh, he's already got a career high for touchdowns. Uh, he's just 52 yards short of his career high in receiving yards. So, uh, and 56 reception I've, receptions this year, I believe, leads all tight ends. So he has been absolutely incredible, putting himself kind of on that that elite tier. Mm-hmm. All right, let's flip over to Dan here. Tell, tell us your two uh, breakouts for the season. So I got two receivers and two we didn't talk. Well, we talked about one in our episode. We talked about our midseason rewards, but one of them we didn't talk about, and that's going to be Amari Cooper. Um, he's quietly, and I say quietly because he gets no really talked about at all, especially when you scroll through Twitter when you talk about breakout receivers. You know, see Chris Godwin. Um, no one mm-hmm. speaks about Amari Cooper. Yep. He's tied for fourth in the league in points per game. You know, in half point PPR seasons. Or uh, leagues, he's got four games over 100 yards, one over 200 yards. He got seven touchdowns on the season. He scored in six games this year, so he's putting together solid, consistent weeks. Yes, he's been slowed down with injuries, but he's really elevated this offense and has given uh, Dak Prescott a true wide receiver one to work with. It's, it's helped not only him, but with Michael Gallup, you bring in Jason Winston and Randall Cobb. Um, the offense as a whole has really taken off especially the passing offense. Uh-huh. And I think Cooper really ties that in. And he's, you know, he's been able to pay off for, for owners majority of the weeks this year. Yes. With injuries, he's, you know, there's always, a, you know, a big if there, 
but he's mm-hmm. quietly, uh, you know, he's quietly putting together a very, very solid season. Yeah, terrific, and then and it's a it's a great pick, and you're right, he doesn't get enough uh, kudos for the work he's doing in Dallas. So, uh, who else you got for us as a breakout this season? I'm gonna go with uh, uh, with Chris's kind of bay, and that's Cooper Cup. <laughs> Um, he stole Delvin Cook from me. I didn't steal Cooper Cup, but I I thought that maybe he'd take him. But he needs to be mentioned too. A lot of you know, a lot of the Lions with Amari Cooper. He's been massively consistent this year. He's got five mm-hmm. games over or, or five games with over 100 yards receiving, one game over 200. Um, he scored, I believe, it's four touchdowns this year. Though you know, he's only scored in four or uh, five touchdowns this year. He scored in four games. While the offense is kind of. Uh, hampered him a few times, especially with last week when he put up the goose egg. That's not mm-hmm. just on him. That's the offense as a whole. But Cup has really taken over a Rams offense that needed a true number one receiver. He's really taken that spot over and yep. doing it no you know, with his competition against Cooks and Woods. And he's given you some very productive weeks. Uh, I, I do expect him to not put up a donut at any more points this season. <laughs> I hope not. Because <laughs> um, I think Pittsburgh's defense is very, very underrated right now, especially a um, after the Mika Fitzpatrick trade, uh, but mm-hmm. I, I got to give a shout out to Cooper Cup. Yeah, no he doubt. He should do better really against Buster Screen. What's that? Said he should do better against Buster Screen this week. Yeah, yeah, he should. no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, and and well, that's assuming that Jared Goff doesn't go back in the tank. I mean, he doesn't. He looks like he's regressed a million years. I don't know what's going on with him either. Um, that's been very non-dynamic for what was one of the most dynamic offenses that we've seen last year. But that so means that deep dive that on Monday's yeah. episode. Okay. So pushing that. If you want to deep dive into what's wrong with the Rams offense, go listen to uh to the episode awesome. we released yesterday because we did spend about probably thirty five minutes on that. Oh, sweet. Yeah. All right, everybody go tune in for that because now you can get the real answers to what's going on back there because it's it is it is absolutely mind boggling. Um all right. Well that's some good stuff there. Let's get to the real meat stuff here. I mean, it's stuff that everybody wants to know. Ring the bell on this section and move on to the next, and that is the sleepers for the rest of the year. So, let me uh, ask you this, Chris. Which players are you looking to trade for or to pick up on waivers or you think are going to have a nice breakout in the back end of the season? Somebody that people could try to get on their teams, try to acquire in order to help them win the last couple critical games of the regular season. So, I want two guys that are going to be pretty readily available on waivers. The first one I went with is James Washington. He's available in over seventy percent or over sixty percent of ESPN leagues as of today, um, mm-hmm. and waivers haven't run most places. So I'm guessing that that thirty-seven point whatever percent down is still true. Um, he gets the Browns, Bengals, Browns, Cardinals, and then the Bills. Jets found out his fantasy season. So only one kind of tough matchup left, and he's not going to draw top coverage. So you don't have to worry about him on Ward or uh, him on Patrick Peterson with Juju there. He was six for 90 and a touchdown this past week on seven targets. Uh, he's had over six targets in three of his last four games. He's a guy that's going to have some tweak outside and is actually being utilized and has a report with Mason Rudolph from college with Juju's matchups coming up. So if you need to give your team little bit of a boot shot in the arm, play for some upside and try to get some wins okay. under your belt. James Washington's a good guy to go for. Um, wow. The other route I'm going to go here is needs some more. Uh, we're going to look at Hunter Renfro. He's got the Bengals, Jets, and wow. Kansas City for the next three weeks. If you're trying to get yourself into the playoffs, need a floor guy you can plug in, especially in PPR. Uh, but he's basically equal to Williams 
in terms of lead Raiders wide receivers over the last three-ish weeks. If you solid PPR floor, he's got a touchdown in two of his last three games, and he's pretty much been a lock for you know 50 to 60 yards at, at minimum on six targets and about you know, four to seven receptions. So kind of sitting in that that floor player that I always like to talk about that I like to have around on my roster if I need to plug in. So say I'm I'm dealing with the Adam Thielen injuries, the T.Y. Hilton injuries um, uh-huh. at this point in the season, and I need to find somebody on waivers that I can just plug in that I know isn't going to give me a dud. Hunter Renfro is a guy that's pretty readily out there that's been trading upward with three wow, juicy okay. matchups coming. All right, that, he everybody does love his Adam Humphreys. He does love his Adam, Adam Humphreys receivers. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Great. Adam Humphreys. Well, I was going to say that uh, Hunter yeah. Renfro is somebody that we all like um, because of the fact that we know he's had like 18 years of college or something. I mean, he's been playing <laughs> in college forever. The guy is unbelievable. I, you know, I felt like he was never going to graduate from Clemson. But um, all right. Well, that being said, let's flip it over to the other side. Dan, uh, why don't you give us your sleepers, people that people should be targeting uh, for the rest of the season? So. We're going to go off of the two uh, the two waiver pickups you can pick up. We're going to flex on over to two guys you can trade for. You won't okay. find these guys in the waivers. Um, they're not sleepers per se in the Twitter community, but they're going to be sleepers in majority of your casual, semi-casual guys that you just don't know. And one of them is DJ Chark. Chark, yeah. it's been fantastic. He's it's kind of slowed down a little bit um, with those difficult matchups that he had to play through. He had a hot start to the year. He was he, he's a very popular guy that people wanted to trade for. But he's got a juicy, juicy, juicy rest of the season schedule. He gets the Colts this week, Titans, Bucks, Chargers, Raiders, and Falcons. He may be your Robbie Anderson of last year. It may mm-hmm. be him. With your with the Chargers, Raiders, and Falcons as your playoff schedule in weeks 14, 15, and 16, you can't ask for a better for a better three set of games to kind of help propel your fantasy roster into stardom, into championship trophy-holding territory. Uh, mm-hmm. He's had a multiple games this year with over 100 yards. He's got two games this year with over 10-plus um, uh, targets. And mm-hmm. while uh, Chris and I don't agree with the move from Foles or from Minshew to Foles, it's not mm-hmm. like Foles isn't shy about pushing the football downfield. And we saw that with his one and only drive against the Chiefs where he got hurt on throwing a touchdown pass to said DJ Chark and Chark's mm-hmm. ability to work downfield, you know, with those multiple deep routes that he can run can really help, you know, solidify that. You hope that they can keep up with the passing game and keep giving him a decent floor. He said, you know, he had nine targets last or, or two weeks ago against Jet, or against Houston in London. And then the game before that, he had 12 targets against the Jets. So you, you hope that he can continue to get the, that target floor and those big plays should hopefully come through that. Mm-hmm. And then my other guy is Jamison Crowder, someone that we've talked about on the show a bunch, yep. um, a guy who also has a great, great you know, rest of the season schedule. It gets a little bit dicey into the playoffs, but he's someone that you can make a trade for now when you're trying to make that playoff push. Gets the Redskins, the Raiders, the Bengals, Dolphins, Ravens, and Steelers. Weeks 15 and 16, the two most important matchups. He's got difficult matchups. So get why you may not want to target him then. But, you know, when you look at the Redskins, Raiders, Bengals, and Dolphins, the next, you know, four games, he can really help you get to that point. And then anything can happen in the playoffs. But a guy who's also taking over the number one spot with the Jets, he's, he's got that rapport with Gase with his time back in Miami. Um, uh-huh. Or with Skins and just the fact that he loves 
Gase loves to use his slot receivers. You've seen that happen so far this year. In the few games he's played with Darnold, and now he's being worked a little bit more downfield and being able to work that intermediate you know, route tree that he's been known to do for, and he's got great after-the-catch ability. So two receivers right. you can go out and probably trade for. You can probably get Chark for a bit cheaper now that he's coming out of a couple uh, piss-poor games and people maybe being a bit scared with Nick Foles coming in. So those are two guys that I've been targeting if my tread deadline hasn't passed yet. Yeah, that's fantastic. So let me ask you one more question, guys, because there's a lot of movement in running back uh, backfields across the NFL, and there's a lot of the guys who don't have the starting job or you know, kind of may have the starting job. I'm off a few of them. You tell me if you're interested in any of these guys for the stretch run. Kenyon Drake, Brian Hill, Mike, uh, Devin Singletary, uh, or um, uh, sorry, Kareem Hunt. That's the other guy I have on the list. So four guys don't have the uh, don't have that starting position yet. And maybe Devin Singletary does. Maybe not. It doesn't. It's not clear from this usage. Are you interested in any of those guys as being someone who could break out and carry a team in the second half? I'm going to go ahead and, and throw some, some cold water on a couple of those, and I'll let Dan be the positive one because that's normally how we do things. Yep. All right. So uh, I'm a big Kenyon Drake truth. I am super tepid on Kenyon Drake rest of the season, despite what goes on with David Johnson. You have the Niners, Rams, Steelers, and then the Browns and Seahawks in weeks 15 and 16. So uh, Kenyon Drake might be a guy, depending on what happens with David Johnson, you play in weeks 15 and 16 to get you a championship. Against mm-hmm. the Browns and Seahawks, who have not necessarily been great on defense, but that Niners, Rams, and Steelers matchup getting over the next three weeks um, to try to get you into the playoffs is not at all pretty. And mm-hmm. the Bills, other than this week against the Dolphins, the Broncos, Cowboys, Ravens, Steelers, Pats. So um, Cowboys is kind of meh, uh, but Broncos, Ravens, Steelers, Pats, all terrible matchups for for Devin Singletary. So those are two guys that I'm actually trying, kind of trying to steer clear from unless okay. I'm firmly in the playoffs then I might want Kenyon Drake. Interesting. So we're okay. going to keep with uh we're going to keep with the negativity cuz like <laughs> if you want to look at probably the worst running back matchups the rest of the season, look no further than the Atlanta Falcons. So this really? is their upcoming yeah. schedule. This is the end of season schedule. Panthers, Bucks, Saints, Panthers, Niners, Jaguars. None of mm. those are good matchups. Absolutely mm. none. Brian Hill may get the bulk of touches. That doesn't mean it translates to, you know, to obvious production. You know, see uh-huh. Kalen Balaj. Right. Can you give us that again? <laughs> What's that? I want to try to find something positive. I want him to give us that list again before we're done here. Uh, Cream Hunt. <laughs> I mean, he, there's Cream one him. guy left. Yep. And if there's one thing that we can kind of look at, it, you know, what Hunt had, what, nine targets this past week against yeah. the Bills. And again, that they won. Um, it wasn't pretty. The game was always there so there's no probably no game script rule at this point uh he'll get the Steelers Dolphins Steelers Bengals Cardinals Ravens um and if Hunt's being used as an actual pass catching back there's you know there is some you know there's some positive here if Pittsburgh's offense continues to get better with their you know with their kick schedule the Browns defense has been very inconsistent this year and they can potentially put together you know, shootout games if they get behind early, which, you know, bolds well for a guy like, you know, Kareem Hunt, who's proved in this league so far that he can be a very, very useful pass catching back out of the backfield and letting Nick Chubb kind of handle the first and second downworks 
I would mm-hmm. love to see Freddie Kitchens, you know, Kitchens get canned and put somebody who can actually call plays and maybe use them both on the field at the same time, which only helps Hunt, I think, as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. And uh, their schedule isn't all terrible. At least they've got a 50-50 good-to-bad ratio. Yep. The two against yep. the Steelers yep. and the Ravens, bad. Dolphins, Bengals, Cardinals, good. Yep. So that's a, that's a positive. All right, that's good. We got a <laughs> there's, there's, there's one positive to spin there. It, 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 it's three running backs where, like, Singletary is just not someone that we're high on, especially mm-hmm. coming out of college. And Frank Gore just always finds a way to disappoint, you know, fantasy owners of other backs in that same backfield. Like, uh-huh. Singletary's been good this year for the touches that he's gotten, but he hasn't earned more touches, I feel like. Like, every week he gets the same amount. And, right. and the Bills, Bills are one of the teams that, as I was going through prepping for the show, looking at playoff schedules, that I highlighted is, nope, just stay away. And the Cardinals were the other one. Yeah. Wow. And now Atlanta, oh. because holy shit, that's bad. <laughs> okay. Well, we hit all the – all right, I'm glad I hit the four worst possible ones. That's good. Let me get – let me throw out two more here just just to see if the, any of these guys make you feel any better. How about David Montgomery or Miles Sanders? Two guys – oh. maybe it's possible David Montgomery has hold of that backfield now, whatever that's worth. But, you know, it's he's not being efficient. But David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, any of those guys uh, excite you at all? Um. So Miles Sanders, you've seen some some flashes out of as far as his usage in the passing game. I'm not really sure what their uh, what the Eagles schedule looks like. I didn't flag it as one way or the or, or the other, so I'm guessing it's pretty neutral. It um, is very as neutral. For Bears, as for the Bears and David Montgomery, I think he is taking over this backfield. I think the Bears are being conservative. They do want to run the ball. Um, they get the Rams, Giants, Lions, Cowboys, Packers coming up. So. Um, again, that's also pretty neutral. The Rams uh, are probably the best defense that they see. Packers uh, and Cowboys about league average. Giants, Lions, and Chiefs not great against the runs. David Montgomery, if you could trade for him, I think that there's some viability there, especially if you're running back. I think be a running back to you the rest of the way, given volume mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. Great. All right. Excellent. And uh, and uh, Dan, your thoughts on that? Uh, just with the way that Miles Sanders is being used, I think there's always some floor there to him. Um, they like using him in wheel routes. He always seems to catch at least one twenty plus yard ball. Um, yep. He's starting to break. He's starting to bust runs open. Um, there is concern with the lack of carries that he's gotten. He started the he started the first four games with ten plus carries. And since week five, he's done that once. So yeah. that's he shifted to more Jordan Howard's game. But now you give. Miles Sanders, who's, who's who's very good in space, there in Sproles work, he's starting to find some fantasy relevance on a you know a, at least fantasy consistency on any given week, and then with David Montgomery, you know, if you can trade for a running back who's getting bell call type of touches, I think you mm-hmm. want to make that trade for. He's I think the Bears have a pretty neutral I want to say, uh, rest of the season schedule. I like their playoff schedule a lot more, Cowboys, Packers, and Chiefs, mm-hmm. um, especially if the Bears are trying to just let the season end either because they're, you know, out of playoff contention or they realize that they need to change how the offense needs to be ran and just run right. through him. I think Montgomery's a safer bet to produce the rest of the year if you're comparing between Sanders and Montgomery, but both of them have upside in their own different ways. 
And I think they both can potentially be a staple, you know, in your playoff um, hunt now as you're, you know, trying to survive bye weeks and potential injuries. Right. Oh, excellent. We got some positivity. I love to end the show on some positivity. And we are on on the show. It always goes so quickly. Thank you so much, Dan and Chris, for coming on and joining us on the show again. We always love you having you guys on the show. It's fantastic. Some great, great information. Everyone should go check out the Beer Fueled Fantasy Football Podcast. Anything you guys want to promo for us uh, before we uh, sign off? Uh, Yeah, Monday and uh, Wednesday, we're on YouTube, Beerfield Fantasy Football. You can also find the, the recorded version of that uh, on uh, Spotify, Apple, whatever it is, iTunes or podcast or whatever they call it. Pretty much wherever you can get podcasts. But every Monday and Wednesday, we got an episode that drops. Uh, every Sunday on YouTube Live, we got a live stream. Uh, YouTube is probably the best way to get it. Come around with you there, answer all your questions. Uh, so come hang out, like what you get some information. Fantastic. And why don't you guys give us your social media so people can follow you? Yep. It's uh, at Beerfield FF for the show. Twitter, Beerfield Football, Facebook, and YouTube. We don't do anything on Facebook. Don't go there. Use a big one. <laughs> um, I am at Hop BFF with two Ps. I'll let Dan say it because on our show, I'm always calling out his social media. He should call it out himself for once. Well, I mean, it's not like I don't want to. You just kind of do it because you're so good at it. Yeah, I'm at 3BFF. I'm at 3BFF with two Fs. Um, it's better to reach out to us individually if you have questions for us. I am doing a better job of, of trying to handle the show account down there. It's been great kind of getting, you know, those consistent questions. So we do appreciate that. And, I, you know, thanks for having us on again. It's been a blast as always. Um, I look forward to hopefully – our best ball league getting better and for me to yeah. continue to three quarter yeah. ass my way through <laughs> you guys is uh, listener league. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Always good to hear the humble brag come from Dan. All right. Well, <laughs> fantastic work as always. Thanks everybody for tuning in and wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week. Mm-hmm.